Boys podcast episode four and no it's not episode four it's episode five now and because I've, I've just been used to this busy schedule I mean I was supposed to be relaxing during this COVID-19 crisis and everything but but I'm I'm surprised that we're, we're actually getting so far into it though but we got a new guest here and it's none other than the Club Peldroy co-founder and a very good friend of mine we go back way 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 back uh it's Jordan Jones Jordan how's it going pal yeah, I'm good, thank you. How about you, Reese? Not too bad, mate, not too bad. We're surviving as always and missing football. It's killing us off, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I can't believe that, like, it's just ended like that as well, like, now. But um, at least we know how the season's ended and everything. Um, and I imagine safety is uh, what means the most to everyone at the moment. Well, of course it is, of course. And safety always comes first, you know, human lives do matter, you know, and... And going on with more current situations, you know, we always got to stick together, you know, because it's, it's what's best for the future, you know. But uh, let's get down to it. Let's talk about football positively now and uh, and let's just get right into it. So you're the co-founder of Club Peldroid. Tell me what's Club Peldroid? What, what, what is it? It's, just go into details of how it all started and where it's at now. Um, so Club Peldroid started in 2015. Um, and it was more or less where um, I was. I was a Cardiff City fan. I'm still a Cardiff City fan now. But um, basically, I'd always had an interest in Welsh domestic football, but not to the extent that I have it now. Um, in that, um, I'd watch Scoria every now and then. If there if there was a live game going on, I would dabble into it. Perhaps on a Monday, I'd watch like a highlights program. But for me, then back back in say the start of 2010, so I was more Cardiff City driven. It was always Cardiff City, and then. Um, after I completed my college course in 2014, I didn't really know what to do. So more or less, like I, I took a year out, um, and then I, this is this is where like I wanted to start in the media really. So I had a bit of work experience, um, more or less just shadowing at the BBC for a week, um, and then I st- started doing stuff on Cardiff City. But then I thought, um, why not make a website um, or a page perhaps? So we start a club Android started as a page really, where um, it was just a central hub. You see Twitter pages set up, um, really, and all I was doing, I was just sharing um, what everyone else was sharing. Um, so it was just like clubs announcing signings, clubs announcing managers, stuff like that. Um, so, so I made a page, and I would like do, do graphics, just seeing like fixtures and results, just like trying to like make a page that everyone could go to, as such. And then a year later, um, we actually made a website. Um, it's not the website what the website looks like now, but um, it was more or less just a few articles here and there, um, really, that would just do do what was on social media, really. Um, and then what what has gone on then is since um, a year later is that in 2016, that's the, the big buzz, really, the big boom in Welsh football because of the Euros and everything, where... Um, people were taking an interest in Welsh domestic football as well. So it was, I thought there was interesting stories to tell in Welsh domestic football. So we put it on the web. We made our own website, a better website, and people were donating to it. So, for example, um, Cardiff Met goalkeeper Will Fuller donated money towards the website actually starting. Um, and that fundraiser then that we had allowed us to grow the website a bit. We started growing um, and we, get, we had more contributors as such joining on. Um, it wasn't as structured as, as it was back then, so uh, as it is now. So back now, back then, it wasn't as structured, and we weren't working perhaps on a professional basis. But now, I think we're as professional as we can really be. Oh, fair play to you. So when 
when you how did you all uh, construct it to get donations running in? Did you start up a Patreon page? Did you start uh, with how did how did you get the financing? I know you said you were do, you got donations from you know players, fans, and everything, but how did how did that start for you? Did you like I said, did you start a Patreon page or what did you start with? So initially, like the website was in its early stages, so we had we didn't even have a domain, so it was basically like a clubpeldroid.wordpress.com. Um, and we were just doing articles here and there, and then we really we like reached the maximum quota that you could actually um, use for images because photographers were being kind to us, um, and they were allowing us to use their images. We were doing articles here and there, and then um, Nick Davis um, helped along, and he was we looked a domain name, so it, that's why clubpeldroid.org came about, and um, we started like professionalizing the website, um, really. So. Basically, we put up, I think it was a Just Giving or a GoFundMe, where we basically said, like, um, we want to make a hub for Welsh football, really. Like, um, But we can't do this um, for free now. We need some kind of money that is going to help us. So people started donating to it. Um, they were just, like, donating stuff here and there. I think it was, like, £80 or something we had raised. Maybe less, maybe a bit more. Um, and that more or less like helped us then pay for the domain, pay, pay for hosting, because... For us, even now, like that's that's the biggest cost for us is, is every year that you've got to pay money towards hosting on a website. It is not cheap anymore, especially for us now. So, with that in mind, you got Club Peldroid now. It's run professionally by the likes of yourself and others. You must have had a few guests, uh, guests or people, players, staff, and everything that you've interviewed in the past. Uh, which one would you say was the the best uh, person you've ever interviewed in in your recent run with Club Pal Droid? Um, there was so in January, um, I myself won an award for journalistic endeavour um, with in the Nick Machen Prize, and um, you had to submit a few articles um, that you felt you were proud of, and um, the ones that brought it up, and it was recently discussed on the um, Cymru League's post podcast between Gavin Chesterfield and Jamie Thomas and basically um, last year when Cardiff Metropolitan and Barry had qualified for Europe um, I thought wow this is great because both of these teams are on my doorstep um, and that's how my interest in Welsh football started really was because of Cardiff Metropolitan um, being on my doorstep um, but going back to um, my best interview so I interviewed Gav um, and I interviewed Gav a few times as such um, but this this time last year when I was previewing content for the Europa League um, I interviewed Gavin, one of his stories was um, how he nearly never became manager of Barrytown and I don't think that's actually been reported elsewhere other than us um, doing that article and then um, the Cymru Leagues podcast told that. So that was an interview that um, I enjoyed. There's been a few feature pieces um, as such, um, trying to think off the top of my head, so like, like last year was a father and son going ahead together in the Welsh Cup. Now, the Welsh Cup is one of the most illustrious competitions in world football. I think it's the third or fourth oldest in the world. And to have a story like that um, and be able to tell it, it was, that's the stories that I kind of enjoy. Um, was, that it was that Lee Kendall's uh, story, the father and son in the Welsh Cup? That, that, was, um, that, was, Murphy, that was Murphy Saints um, against Quar Park Rangers. So it was, it was oh, no down um in the competition um but, but the interviews have really differed from say like the start um of the website to, to where they are now because um 
we're getting more access so clubs and players understand that we since we've grown their exposure can now grow um as well the, the welsh cup features are always the best for me i really enjoy um just putting a bit more coverage onto the welsh cup in the early stages because you, you kind of get it um for the Cymru Premier, um, as such, in the third round, you you kind of get stuff like that. But like in the early rounds, when you're interviewing people and you're trying to source stories, um, that that's where I think I, I get my better interviews. Off the top of my head, like I can't really think of many other interviews that um, I, I've enjoyed, but I, I do think there actually are um, more out there as well. What about the worst experience, though? I mean, pro- there's probably not a lot because you know. Um hard work you know and practice makes perfect and everything but what what do you think was somewhat in some case the worst experience or the worst guest you've ever had to interview or the experience of traveling to a certain game uh i think um for the worst experience and um, it was just the early stages of the website where um i i didn't have it in my mind that we should be like live blogging games and stuff um that's where I think like the am that's where we've grown is that we used to be amateurs, really. Um at, at the time I think I was at Barry versus Goitre United, um, when they'd been promoted. Um and I was recording their goals on on the phone. But obviously broadcasting rights um go to Rondo and S C so I was recording that. Um and then basically I was t- they like they were headhunting me to search me down. Um the FAW to say like take that down. Um uh, but that's not like it's my worst experience. It was also a good experience as well because basically I was recording them, uploaded them to the Club Paltroid, um social media accounts. And then from that, we actually got like a bit more advice from Gwyn Derville, the secretary for Billy, because he said, like, Are you paying for entry for Gowns? And I was paying for entry for Gowns. And then he said, like, You should apply for accreditation. And then since then, since that meeting um, at the Barry game, that's where we've been able to professionalise, really. Um, for some interviews, uh, it is hard to like try and draw out like some some good content because sometimes you can come away from interviews and you don't feel like you've really got much to say, really. But I think those interviews come from just players or managers watching television um, and seeing loads of people um, just being media trained and not giving much away, really. Um, but it's been more good than work bad really I, I imagine because at a Welsh league level they want to offer a bit more there's more of a human element to it because I think it means more to them kind of because it's an amateur semi-professional professional at sometimes level oh right right see I mean I always find when I'm looking back as a supporter now um, I'll be talking about more about my experience in Welsh league football in the podcast in the long run because uh, James Clements I'm sure you've heard of him, you know, him and I have always gone on to podcasts with not just um, this one, but the Yellow and Blue Army uh, podcast or radio show with Bro Radio um, and other bits and pieces I've done. I've always gone on and said the best moments or the best experience I've had was in Welsh League football, especially following Barry Town. Um, and I want to talk about, you know, the whole concept idea of the Welsh League. Or well, it's not just that, just Welsh football in general. It doesn't have to be about international level. I mean, the last, I mean, episode three, when I interviewed Leighton Maxwell, who is, uh, I've seen now as a good friend of mine because he's friends with my dad's friends and it's all, and the way that kind of drags are doing. I mean, you and I both know we've both invested into the club by paying for one of the seats. 
Um, so I want to talk about more about the Welsh League and especially more, and mention a bit of Cardiff Drax. Uh, what was the reason for you to invest your money with uh, Cardiff Drax when it came to purchasing a seat there? What was your reason? Uh, so, no, I actually bought one yet, um, but I advertised it on social media um, basically uh, because I, I just thought like during these times, clubs are still allowed to um, do some kind of ground improvements. It's not to say I won't, by the way, buy a seat for Cardiff Jackson, and I'll go on to that in a bit. But um, for me, I just wanted to advertise the good work of what people are doing during these times um, because uh, I've recently done a documentary on STM Sports um, for university, and that was um, highlighting how hard it is to um, get these facilities in place. But you've got to also praise the clubs that are um, getting their facilities in place because is a costly thing to an erect a hundred seat stand um, an amateur or some semi professional level really, but it shows like the community aspect of Welsh football really is that people are coming together and they're supporting it. And for me as well, Cardiff Draconians. So growing up, um, I literally lived in the flats opposite their ground. Like that, that, that was how close I was to Cardiff Jacks. That I didn't realise at the time, obviously, um, but then. After that, I'd, I'd moved house and I wasn't even that far from the Drax ground again. Um, but it wasn't until recently that I started following and watching um, the Drax. And I, I wouldn't, I'd say they're a club that um, I always looked out for the results um, because it's kind of like that element from my childhood um, stuff as well. But it's, it's good to see that as well. And going back to Leighton Maxwell, um, I remember interviewing him in their early days as well when they were going through the leagues. and. I thought like, wow, this is someone who scored a goal at Anfield for Liverpool. So like, if I'm securing people like that, like that, that's a high-profile name, kind of yeah. views off of that. Well, it's because with me, I, I want to speak highly of Cardiff uh, Draconians as well because uh, my dad played for him as well. But this has gone back years and years ago before even where Cardiff and now. You looked at Cardiff back then as a public team, as they were necessarily called, and my dad used to play for him. He played a, a lot of games for him as well, and. Um, and as well that the current players, Pavel Maxwell was managing, but Darren, who's sort of the assistant manager for, for Cardiff Drax, he's a friend of my dad's and some of the players are friends of my father. So um, I used to go to the games when I was a kid as well. And to having to watch this club that has grown so much in over the years, it just makes you feel proud. And that's one of the reasons why I donated, uh, given some of my money to get a seat for them. Because when I spoke to Leighton and he, he gave me the full reason why they're doing it and everything. I thought, well, they deserve it. So here's something I'm going to give back, you know. Um, so I'm going to wish them all the very best with Cardiff Draconians as well. So um, let's talk about the current state now with the JD Cymru Premier. I keep saying, I, I I was almost going to say the Welsh Premier League now, but i got to try and say Cymru Premier uh, to be more of a PC now with um, because they've changed the names. But with the current situation now that the league has stopped, um, Connors Key are now champions, and Andy Morrison is pa- party mad with the karaoke. <laughs> and you know, Mike Harris is uh, having a fit uh, with all this uh, finalized agreement, whatever. But what's your opinion on GD coming Premier stopping and giving the title to Connors Key? Um, so, in the early stages uh, of the outbreak, um, I always wanted to wait and see if it could ever be resumed on the pitch. and. Um, over time, things worsened, and I think April was the worst. I think scientifically, um, I just came to the idea that this season isn't going to be concluded on the pitch. 
Um, so the best way to do it was points per game. Um, so so I I do agree with the way that the season ended um, in regards to the points per game. And you're going to have some kind of stories where um, lower down the leagues, um, teams haven't played as many games, but they've won games and not lost many. Um, and they've been crowned champions, for example. Um, I, I do agree it's, it's the right decision to end the season um, at this point. And I can understand that from both sides, because obviously um, the new Saints are the top dogs of Welsh football. So um, for them to lose their crown and not be able to defend it um, in the way that they feel um, they could have done, maybe, um, that'll hurt them. But there's also other clubs affected by it um, who have missed out on European spots and obviously relegation and promotion um, haven't been decided yet either. Um, I, I do agree with it, though. Um, I, I do feel that Koniski would have probably gone on to win the league if COVID-19 never existed, um, just because of how strong they were throughout the whole season. Um, and I will say it's, it's refreshing, perhaps, to see a new champion of the league, because from an outs- if you're an outside viewer of Welsh football, you probably see new skins dominate the league time and time again. So you want to see perhaps something different, really. And then it, it brings a bit of excitement to Welsh football as well. Do you know, with um, I want to talk to you about that with the outside viewers of Welsh football, because, you know, you, you've taken a liking to, to Welsh domestic football, but there are other situations where there's people who slander the, the Welsh league for no apparent reason. Have you ever gone into, I wouldn't say heated debates, I would say, have you gone into any discussions or debates with people where they're slandering the, the good name of Welsh domestic football for no apparent reason? I mean, you yourself, you're a Cardiff City fan, but you've 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 taken a liking and respect for the league for what it was. And me and James talked about this in episode two, where you know, I for one, I'm I'm against. I mean, it, I'm all for you know, Cardiff fans, Swansea fans for supporting you know Welsh clubs in the English leagues. But then the response that the Welsh domestic football gets, where they're saying it's rubbish or it's shit or it's this, it's that, and there's not really um, a a justification for them to say that. What's your approach to that negative response that the Welsh domestic bubble gets? Um, for me, uh, I, I don't think it deserves the bad rep that it gets, but I, I do think the situation actually is improving. Um, so, as it stands, obviously, as I've mentioned, I'm a kind of City fan, but for me right now, um, I gave up getting a season ticket um, at the start of this season. It wasn't due to Cardiff City getting relegated. There's more for me wanting to focus on Welsh domestic football. Um, so for me, I, I don't think it deserves a bad rep. Obviously, um, things can be improved in the league. Um, but really, I, I think we're in a good place at the moment. The only, the only thing that's lacking um, for me is, is the crowds, really. is that For me, I, I, I want to go to a Welsh domestic game and I want it to feel like there's, there's something riding on the game. Um, so having a bit more atmosphere, that's, that's why I like I wrote an article like when I went to Barry Carnarvon. I, I liked the idea of two strong clubs, was two clubs with a strong backing and that having chance and everything. That's what I feel is missing at the moment in Welsh domestic football. Is perhaps the crowds aren't the best, but for me, the problem comes in that um, obviously the the league isn't promoting enough um, in perhaps the general consumption of Wales, and not enough people know what's going on, um, and that's where the club Aldroyd has to fill the gap. Um, really, in regards to discussions, um, I'm always of the belief um, that clubs like Merford Town should be playing in the Welsh Pyramid System, and it is their decision um, as it stands to continue to play in the English Pyramid System. But I just feel that perhaps 
Merthyr Town would be better suited in Wales because I feel like for a stronger pyramid structure, we've got to have our better teams. Um, that's, it may be hypocritical for me to say that as a Cardiff City fan um, whose team currently plays in the second tier of English football. Um, but I've I, I been the idea that I would like to include all of um, the exile teams at the moment. So I've suggested, for example, like Cardiff City should be playing, could could play their under 23s in the Nathaniel MG Cup or something, similar to the Czech Trade Trophy in Swansea City as well. Um, so that's what I've had really, um, is that I just believe that we should try and get as many Welsh teams playing in the Welsh Pyramid system and promote Wales for what it is really, the standards improving. I, I think it's a great league for development as well. So I, I feel at the moment the Cumbria Premier is a great league for development because these clubs are giving their younger players to be example. For example, like Barry had a few Cardiff City players a season, so did Penabon, and they've had first team experience. So that's where I see the Cumbria Premier at the moment. Um, and I don't think it should be hammered really, in that it's loads of people who are working on a volunteer basis to make a national league what it is. And there's so many good stories that come out of Welsh football as well. Do you think the FAW as well, you were talking about with supporters, you know, trying to, some, a lot of clubs need to get back in from strong supporters, you know, especially where if you've got the likes of Barry and Canavan who have got that, even though I, sometimes I do feel that Barry needs a bit more because we're situated seven miles away from Cardiff City Football Club. But do you think the FAW themselves need to realise that they need to invest more in the, their own national league itself. Because I've had many conversations with a lot of people who have said the same thing, that, yeah, it needs a bit more investment because without that league, the Welsh national football team or international football team wouldn't have played in FIFA competitive or even UEFA competitive sports. Do you, agree, um, do you think that the FEW should be investing in more? Um, I do think... They do, they, do, they do what they can, really. Um, it has to be remembered that um, even there's always a debate whether football and rugby is the biggest sport in Wales, um, for example. Um, and rugby is probably the biggest sport in regards to its outreach um, as such. This is what you've seen in uh, national media um, and stuff like that. I think the FAW do what they can um, and they offer um, through their other sister companies, for example, um, ground improvements and stuff like that. Um, I, I think it's more down um, to our national media as such to promote um, the game, really. And I, I think more clubs need to buy in and understand that um, people do care about um, the leagues as well. So that, I'm, I'm not saying that clubs don't do that. So if I go to a game um, and they've made recent signings, I would like that to be announced on social media. And I think it's more the clubs need to put more on social media so we understand more of who they are um, and a yeah. good example of this um, is when I was doing the Europa League coverage last year as their social media officer Abby um, gave us a list of all of their players obviously we knew who they were but there was more stuff to it um, so she put a list um, for Will Evans and Emlyn Lewis had worked on a farm for example and came from farmlands and that so my whole story was basically like you've gone from farmlands to now playing in the Europa League stuff like that um, I, I I can see why. I'm a national team supporter. I always want the Welsh national team to do well, but I also see what the domestic league offers. Um, I think more rules in chase. So I've, I've always made this discussion. I have made this discussion on Twitter. And I, I've asked a few about it. Um, but Welsh clubs need more financial support. And basically, for me, I've had this discussion with a few clubs, is that um, Cambrian and Clinic have a successful academy. Um, so, for an example, in England... Um, 
in regards to academy players, you can nurture a player, but you you get a sell-on fee kind of. Um, so and Chelsea, the next for example. So for me, um, Welsh domestic clubs, if they bring through this player, um, it comes through the system, and then they get taken, for example, by Cardiff, Swansea, or Wrexham. And I think there should be a bit more financial support for the Welsh domestic clubs that were brought through these players because you've seen it with Cardiff City is that they've lost Rabi Matondo for peanuts and then he's gone to uh, Man City and then Schalke for, for a big amount of money. Um, yeah. so that, that's where I feel where more money needs to be in place because um, more money's been invested in Welsh academies now and that's what I want. I, I want to see Welsh players from the Welsh domestic system going on to play um, for the Welsh national team or playing at a higher standard. And you can see that um, with players like Ben Cabango, who had a stint at the New Saints, for example. Um, and what Barry and Penabon have done this season, really, is that that's got to be in place. But it's up to the clubs, really, as well. And I understand it's hard for the clubs because um, it's more on an amateur, semi professional basis. So you've got to find those volunteers as well. Um, but yeah, I, I do think more needs to be done from everyone, really, the national media, the um, a bit more from the FEW, but a bit more from the clubs as well. Yeah, I see. I see a lot of changes as well because there's. Uh, if you look at Connors Key now, they're pushing. I think are they professional now, or are they turning professional soon? Because I hear that there was a there's plannings of for for Connors Key to turn professional. And I think now with this Champions League run or a Champions League game, if they get under their belt, then it, it gives them a bit more financial. Um, back in end to go professional so and it's like Barry now I mean I, I've heard uh, one or two things where they're, they're pushing for professionalism again um, I've heard Ballard they want to push it a bit more so there's a lot of there's a lot of clubs out there as well I mean if you look at Cardiff Jackson there's other other clubs not just in the Cambridge Premier but from leagues down they're, they're improving on their grounds they're improving on their squads because they want to push for more uh, a better future and better success um, it's gonna take gonna take time. It's gonna be slow. Um, but it's, I, I want to mention just one club that's sort of slowly getting there, but I feel like they need to improve more. And you've mentioned him already because you said you've done a documentary. It's STM Sports. STM Sports. I mean, I, I give them a lot of credit. You know, they've they've gone so far. I always feel like they should they're, they're professional. And even though they're, they're uh, some of them are semi professionals and everything, uh, do you think STM Sports um, need to change a lot? for the future I mean where they're playing or how they're playing or do do you think that CM Sports needs to change in order to better themselves in the future uh, so from recording the documentary um, the point was always their ground really um, and it, it comes back to it really is that for some clubs they're going to be victims um, of these new changes coming into place and I'm, I'm fully for the idea of professionalising um, Welsh football and bringing up the standards and the seats and that and when people some clubs will say, oh, we don't fill our ground. Why do we need a 250-seat stand? But my argument to that is is that get get to where you want to be. Get get 250 fans there. And clubs like Ammonford have shown that that can be possible. They put in um, floodlight in and stands and everything. And they've got the best crowds in the league. I did something on them for my dissertation. Um, and and that's, that's the role reverse of it, um, is that clubs have got it trying and adapt and there's going to be clubs that um, are going to fall to the wayside and have to sink or swim really and um, they'll have to decide do we play parks football or do we try and professionalize things um, for STM sports themselves I really enjoyed doing that documentary and I, I sympathize with them so much 
um, because they, they really did have their hands tied behind their back in regards to what they couldn't couldn't do really because I, I think the belief was that they always wanted to stay at Lamb Romney but obviously they don't own their grounds whereas other clubs do own their grounds and they, they couldn't put in the uh, improvements that were needed. On the pitch, I, I can't take anything away from them. I genuinely think, like, wow, what what a story. they literally gone from Parks football to a National Cup final. Um, and they finished in the top five of the Cumbria South, the highest league finish. Um, and there's, there's so many good players there. That they, I've been told that they don't pay players, and I believe that. I genuinely think that like they, they do it for the fun of it. Um, and that, that is mad because they've managed to attract some Cumbria Premier players to go join them, players that could be playing on a higher level. Really, but they play for the enjoyment of it. So, I've got a couple more questions before we conclude this podcast. Anyway, but um, the amount of clubs that we mentioned, you know, it's so it's exciting times for them. But in your opinion, I'll give you five football clubs now. Whether not in the uh, Camry Premier, it could be either in Camry North or Camry South or even lower. Which five clubs do you see achieving? A great success in the future and becoming Camry Premier clubs in the future? Um, so for me, Penabon, I think I've got a, a great potential to be one of those teams that stays in the Camry Premier and then kicks on. I think to have a manager like Reece Griffiths, who seems so driven and the stuff, he, he really wanted to professionalise things even um, when everyone else couldn't. Um, and to have someone like Reece Griffiths um, at the club um, trying to professionalise things, bringing in good players and working with Cloud City, for example. Um, I, I see them actually doing well. Um, Colwyn Bay, I think, are actually going to be a club that, um, coming back from the English pyramid system to the Welsh pyramid system, that I think that they'll go from strength to strength. Um, it hasn't worked out for them this season because Prestatin Town have been so good. So they've missed out on promotion, but they've got plans in place to become a Camry Premier Club. So imagine that was their ambition um, really uh, Swansea University is another one they'll be devastated that they couldn't have gone after the Cymru Premier um, because they failed on the licence but I, that team, that's another team that's gone through the Welsh Pyramid system um, and risen up really and I, I think as I said in the documentary, you, you might not see that anymore, you might not see teams go through the Welsh Pyramid system at such a rate now because there's going to be so much stuff in place so the stories of STM and Swansea Uni happen because there wasn't as much measures in place. Um, and there's another club that have got so much ambitions, and I'm perhaps being a bit South Wales-centric here, but that's just generally on the information that I get in um, with stuff as well. But to attract someone like Lee Trundle and Robinson and that, 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 that just shows that um, you can attract good players um, as well. Um, really, I'm trying to think of other clubs as well. Um, perhaps lower down the pyramid and we obviously said about Cardiff tracks and that but I, I think it's more um, the teams that are going to go in from tier, currently playing at tier 3 or going to uh, just below tier 3 but aiming for tier 3 because I think a lot of clubs are trying to put plans in together um, to, be, to become one of those clubs that I've listed really So you mentioned Lee Trundle uh, as well and I'm actually glad you mentioned him because he was going to be the next um, mention on this podcast with Lee Trundle, he's played in total over seven Welsh clubs. Uh, he's been a tremendous asset, not for these Welsh clubs, but for Welsh football in general. Uh, how would you describe Lee Trundle's contribution to Welsh football as a whole? Um, I, I think he's added a bit more exposure to it, and that's that's what's needed, really. Is that because obviously he was such a like good player for Swansea City. 
um, tricks and skills, stuff like that. He was on Soccer and Showboat and that. The people, people knew Lee Trundle. So he was one of those football league cult heroes. And that following's kind of like followed to Ammonford. So um, I've had a few people like message me and be like, um, do you know when Ammonford are playing next? I'd like to go down. And I, I imagine the sole factor of that is that um, Lee Trundle really is that players like Lee Trundle and Andy Robinson are putting the bums on seats because people want to see them. And it's a testament to Lee Trundle that he's, I think, 43 now. Like he's, and he's in his 40s, but he's still maintaining that professionalism. He's in great shape to play in the Camry Leagues and that as well. So it shows that he's added so much to it as well. So I think he started off with Clan Athlete when he came back um, to Welsh football. And that, that's when it's kind of started, really. He's moved around to a few clubs, but everywhere that he's gone, he's added a bit more exposure to them. The one club he played for, one of the Welsh clubs he's played for, and I want to go back into the, like you said, about the, the standards of Welsh League football and everything, but the one club he played for was uh, Neath Football Club. And I think it was a, a, a tragic story for that football club because I thought that there was a lot of high expectations for that club because they were going to go on to bigger and better success because they were going to be the ones to compete against the likes of the New Saints, Bangor at the time, Real and Clashley, who were all four of them were sort of fighting for the Welsh Premier League title after Barry's um, tragic relegation, you know, and financial despair. But with uh, Neath Football Club, it, it just, it's one of those uh, football clubs where it's sad for them to fold, but that's what the consequences of Welsh domestic football features because if you haven't got the licence or you haven't got that big finance um, backing, you know, it, it's, it's tragic. But what what is your opinion on Neath Football Club? Or do you know much about that club to say something about them? Um, I wouldn't say I could comment too much on it, but I, I do understand perhaps if you add that to the current climate um, of football, really, is that I, I wasn't interested in Welsh domestic football at the time that Neath um, had fallen away. But um, I do agree um, that perhaps... You might see more clubs amalgamate now. You might see more teams um, pooling their resources together um, to become one club. And that, that's where I think it's, it's a bit more flexible um, in Welsh football in that you want your community represented. And you obviously, you wouldn't see in the professional game, for example, Cardiff City and Swansea City merging. Um, but perhaps in the Welsh game, you might see that more now because clubs are going to have to decide whether you continue the club and build a better infrastructure um, and more people are working at a club so um, with, with the changes so, so I imagine the changes for Welsh football um, that what might see another leaf because clubs might fall to the wayside um, it's, a, it's a good thing but it's also a bad thing because I, I would like to see more clubs for example I don't know having a first team a reserve team an under 19s or with coaches of a high level all of the teams being filled, stuff like that, um, having a trained media officer, stuff like that, um, that they can kind of get money out of it because you shouldn't be in football to make money, but you should be in football that not everything you do is for free. That You kind of get, you want a reward of success on the pitch. You also want to develop the community and you want to develop a football club. And that, that's what I do want to see. I, I do want to see more people... Um, make money out of it and make more out of it really and that, that's the same for me really um and that from my stuff now it is that I, I like doing stuff for free but for, for the website itself as well is that i need to start making money out of welsh football um 
and at the moment we are making money out of Welsh football, but we need to make more. And that only comes with the game being professionalised as well and people taking it seriously. So we could see, like, for example, press conferences being organised or something, stuff like that. Final question for you then, Jordan, before um, we conclude this podcast. Where do you see or what do you hope for with Club Peldroids in the future? And let's say within five years or so. So for me, for a Club Peldroid, um, I've had these discussions with, with a lot of people. And uh, a lot of people seem to think we're this big page. And we, we, we have got a good following um, as such, but we haven't really got the contributors. Um, so for me, I see pages that are similar to us. We can call them our competitors. But we can also call them pages that we collaborate with. Um, but for me, I feel I, I don't want to swamp her. Um, people who cover Welsh domestic football because obviously people have different beliefs um, on how things should be run. Um, but you see, for example, um, Welsh independence um, pages being set up and having money you know, donated towards them. They haven't had content created, stuff like that yet. So for me, a Club Eljoy has been running for the last five years um, and we've made money off of advertising and that's down to our contributors working for free. They've had travel expenses paid for for example in recent years because we've managed to make a bit of money from out of it and photographers allowing us to use their images but for me I, I want to see more people join us and that this is a call to arms really to say to, say to people now that um, as big as you think a club Eldroid is, is is that for me this isn't the end goal like for me like I ideally I've seen the likes of the lad bible sport and that like make so much money that's that's like literally a profession for everyone now so like there's there's no reason why a club hold droid can't make money and it, why it can't be a job for someone um mm. it, we could rent out office spaces for example stuff like that but, but it all comes down really to, to whether people really want whilst domestic football to be what it is um like i say i don't want to swamp up the competition. I don't want to swamp up everyone else. Um, so it's only a club I'll enjoy doing Welsh domestic stuff. But for me, I would like more writers on our website. I'd like graphics, more photographers, um, and and they get stuff out of it as well. So at the moment, um, I was running that website alongside my university course. And the interesting thing for me is, is that I either decide to try and make, I try and sell a club I'll enjoy off and make it a part of um, another media organisation, or I run it on my own. Um, with a good team of collaborators, uh, really. So, so that's what I want. I generally want, like, I don't know um, what the Athletic are doing, where they, they focus on specific clubs. So we got I, we could have a Cymru Premier podcast, a Cymru North podcast. But we could also have, like, for example, a Barry podcast or, and and stuff like that. So like, people, there, there's something for everyone, really. Um, and there are, there are so many like good contributors out there about football that don't contribute to. Um, at Club Peldroid, you have to look at Welsh soccer rights and you have to look at um, David Collins's magazine, the Welsh football magazine, where he's been running that longer than what a Club Peldroid has been running for, way longer than us. Um, so for me, I, I need more information from the past where we just focus on the past and we tell stories from the past. But we also, the future of Welsh football, we get more people involved so we can tell the stories bigger and better. Um, which will only make Welsh football grow even more because we've had so many views, so many like comments of feedback um, just to support Welsh football. I, I want it to grow even more. Well, 
hopefully it does grow in the future for you and I hope you I wish you all the very best with Club Pell Droid there George because it is great for Welsh football as well you know I, I've, I've read some brilliant uh, content on there brilliant articles especially with Barry Town in the mix as, in, in the mix as well but I wish you nothing but the best but thank you so much for coming on the show Jordan it means a lot and again all the very best with Club Pell Droid thanks Reese. no worries take it easy